Next Legacy Radio. I'm Brandon in the building. It's the Don Robinson Takeover. <laughs> so many people out here turned up listening. Oh, boy. Here we go. And I have right here my partner beside me, Mr. Denia in the building. Chi-Town repping, but hanging out in Vegas. Uh, I'll, t- I'll, I'll talk to you more about that later, but what's up? <laughs> We'll chat on there working. We'll, we'll chat. Yeah, I know. It was the last message we reached, and so I'm blessed to be out here working with some amazing people. Tell us about your first name. Right. Incredible. So, her. Yeah. Okay. Who do you think? Girl, I'm proud of you. Hey, listen. So, all right. Yeah. So, I have the beautiful Don, an invoke goddess. So, you know, she is the heart and soul of it. So, if you remove the heart and soul, what do you have, Denia? Definitely. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, that last track was like oh my goodness i think still, still. Like, I love that she has a beautiful so i want everybody to follow i want everybody to follow don on on instagram she's uh active on ig yeah. so don robin robinson diva on instagram and i'm gonna read her bio because you know her bio is you know it, it's ceo stiletto inc entertainment she's a thinker artist author visionary diva no doubt she's the original member of in vogue but like I said, she's a heart and soul, so, you know, there you go. Lucy Pearl <laughs> repping, and you can contact her for any real booking at bookdivadon at gmail.com. And I want to introduce the iconic voice of Don Robinson on Next Legacy Radio. What's up, Don? Welcome back. Man, oh, my God, was that an introduction, you guys. Wow, Mitch, you got Charles. That's crazy what you just said. I appreciate you guys. So much. I am grateful. I'm smiling ear to ear like I'm just hearing it for the first time because every time is like amazing um, uh, being introduced in any way. So what you just, all of that, I'm like, that's me? Is he talking about me? Listen, I, so I, I, I work for you, Don. I work oh for you. God. Whatever whatever you need to do, it'll be done. So <laughs> it, it'll oh, be done. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. That is crazy. I am grateful. Um, for everything that you recognize about me, so thanks you guys, big time. Well, we got we got more so uh, different countries that are that are listening as well. Oh, yeah. so all the countries of people. Wow! Oh my Canada. <laughs> well, you got you got a lot of oh. fan base. And before before we talk about I that, Don, know. it's great to have you back. It's been a long time, but I'm glad we get a chance to kind of you know talk about just inter- music entertainment, you know pandemic all that all this crazy stuff that's going on in the world and what you got up with what you got going on but i mean let, let's let's just make sure that we keep it 100 percent clear like you are you are the heart and soul of in vogue that will never ever change no matter what's going on in the universe that that will be fact so if anybody could you know try to counter that uh you're gonna lose so that is heart and soul right there there's a lot of people in the chat room has been saying and speaking the same thing as well they're like you know what there's no other voice like don she is what makes the engine run i'm getting all this wow. on top of not just me being oh a fan God. but also the the fact that your fan base is not just you being a a uh in vogue alum you are Solo artist Don Robinson, you are a superstar singer extraordinaire Don Robinson. You are everybody that's listening right now. It's like they fill in everything that you're all about. So I just wanted to make sure I make that clear wow. to the radio universe and to oh yourself before my. we get this started. So there we go. <laughs> I can't even think straight, man. Wow. Oh, wow. You know, it's been 
many years since I've been in the group, of course, and came back for a couple little things intermittently through the years. But, you know, I was always made to feel like I was not important in the group. Of course, the members of a group, um, instead of uplifting each other, would always put me down. And so to hear what you're saying, I always knew that it was different. I, I didn't see myself as cocky. I just knew what I brought to the table and, you know, my worth and what I – the hits speak for themselves. All of that speaks for themselves. When I left, the group was different. I see it. Everybody else sees it. So to hear you say it and put it in these words is so – it's um. It's like my, my family saying it to me, but except you're a stranger. You have no vested interest, in other words. You know what I mean? We've talked before as an interview, but you don't have a vested interest in me. And so your your point of view is very honest, and I am so just, appreciative. Wow. Just an avid supporter oh, of, oh, of music oh. and, and uh, appreciate the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, you have contributed to – you know, a lot of people's lives with your God-given talent. So, you know, it, you know, I'm only yeah. speaking what I feel, and I know there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. And Denai, before you ask any questions, let me let me start, Don, by asking you, like, you know, this has been a crazy seven months. Uh, you know, we got to wear masks and we got to be cautious as far as how we go out in the world. So how are you doing and, and how's, how's life now that we're kind of living in a, a crazy world that we're living in due to this uh, pandemic? You know, people, human beings are, um, we adjust. We make whatever work um, when it has to. So I feel like I think the pandemic is plandemic more than it is pandemic. Um, I've been very vocal about that. So I probably have people that are after me trying to shut me down because I'm very honest about it. But I think they're inflating the numbers and trying to push fear as opposed to, um, you know, real deal uh, facts. And so I keep telling my fans as much as possible, you guys take care of you. Telling us that we got to take this vaccine that's coming up. And it's like whenever that vaccine happens, they're talking about black people have to take it first. And I have a problem with that. You're not going to kill us the way that they did with syphilis back in the day, or or it didn't kill us. I mean, it, it, um, it made us infertile. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm telling people to just be cautious, be careful. Don't take everything you see on the news as facts. Research and do oh, stuff for yourself. I've been telling people take, um, take your mask off. I just talked. I left out about Best Buy about an hour ago, <laughs> trying to get a, a, a lamp for my, um, like a what do you call those? Uh, for my tripod and uh, to go online okay. all the time. And I needed a light for it. So I went inside and I told the girl that was behind the counter, I said, you got, I hope you take breaks from that, that mask, because you got to wear it all day long. You guys are with people like eight hours a day. So you're breathing in carbon monoxide. You're breathing your own carbon monoxide. You know what I mean? So everybody's like, some people are saying to me, I shouldn't say everybody, but people are saying they're having headaches and stomach aches and all that. And it's because you are literally breathing your own waste. You know, so I'm, I'm very, you know, about uh, giving information and being informed as opposed to just take whatever's given. I don't listen to just what the news tells me, um, especially because the vaccine that they're talking about giving us is from Bill Gates. Like, come on now. He's not a doctor. He's never been one. Not even close. Exactly. So what are you telling me about my body? Like, no. And why black people have to go first? You guys have never put us first before. You never put us first, like ever, ever. We've never, we've always been the last and the least. And no, I will not believe you that. Oh, black people have to take it now. You know, it's we got to give them. They should take it first. They deserve this. No, no, no. 
No, you're not going to kill us, sweetheart. So his, him and his wife are saying it. What'd you say tonight? That's quite all right. We're good on that. We don't, we don't want to be the test dummies for this at all. No, we're not. No, they brought it to Africa, South Africa, I think it was. And they were like, uh-oh, we are not your guinea pigs. Like, no, it's not happening. So that's how I feel about that. You you adjust to what is necessary. You wear your mask or whatever. You go in, in, in the store and... Um, but you also take elderberry and garlic and take things to, to build up your immune system so you can fight whatever is out there, if it is out there. That's why that's why you're Don Robinson. I mean, the diva in you is just like you tell it like it is, and, and that's fact. I so always it's have. Just, I think sometimes a, I talk too much. Thank you. I think sometimes I talk too please. much, but I can't, I can't see stupid and then act like I don't see it. I have to speak truth you know, to power. And then I'm always like, you know what? I really am prayed up. I'm always protected. I know that I have angels around me. I've seen it. Um, I've been accosted by people trying to get me in the Illuminati and all kinds of crap that's out there. So I don't fear easy. I really don't. And um, I'm, you're only on this planet for a short time. This shit ain't long. It's not like we're here for thousands of years, even a hundred years in a lifetime. You don't get to do all the things you want to do because for the first 20, 30 years, you're trying to figure yourself out, even 40 years, you know? So, and yeah. by the time you get it together, you only have a few great years to work, and then you want to retire by 78, 70, you know? So, I try to tell people be smart. Um, they're really trying to take, annihilate. Bill Gates has talked about uh, population control way too much for me to take his fucking vaccine. I'm sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> I love can't, it. Can't I love it. I won't do it. I just won't. I can't won't, won't I do love it. it. <laughs> Denia, ask, uh, ask this young lady a question because I, I will definitely monopolize all her time. So you ask her a question because I got plenty. <laughs> oh, I'll for it. So the last time we spoke with you was, right, I think it was yeah. right in between. I mean, Army Divas um, LA was still going on. I think it was the first season. So, ha- so had you had you think had the producers stuck with the original plan, that that show would still be going on today? Wow. Um. If they, what I told them before I actually met with the crew and the cast and all that, um, the very first person that I met with for that show was a woman named Robin Schneider. She's what they call a showrunner. Um, and we went to dinner. She took me out to a nice dinner wherever I wanted to go. So I had her go to a location near me. And I said, I am not, inter- I wasn't interested in doing, they offered me to do uh, Atlanta Divas. And I said no, because I thought it was going to be catty. I didn't want to relocate. I don't represent Atlanta. I love Atlanta, but I don't represent it. And I didn't want to uh, move. I didn't want to uproot myself and go to Atlanta. So I said no, and I could figure the way she was talking, it was going to be messy. So um, they came back around to me about seven months later and said, okay, we're going to do L.A. Divas. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, now, okay, I live in L.A., makes sense. I said, but the the stipulations for me, there are two stipulations. I will not fight. I'm not about to start fighting. I didn't grow up fighting, and I'm not about to start on a show at, you know, in my 50s. I'm not doing that. Um, And actually, I was 47, 46 or something like that. So I'm not doing that. That's not going to happen. I'm not about to take nobody's man, have them take my man. All of that stuff is just – and they were like, well – no, we want a very very positive show. You know, we want a positive show. We want to 
make sure that everybody's seen in a good light and we're going to be supportive and have love on the show. I was like, okay, you know what? If you guys are going to do that, then I'm down. And uh, the minute that I signed on the dotted line, you guys, it was like, oh, we got her now. We got her now, you know. So it, was, it changed immediately. It was like, no, they said what they needed to say to get me to sign. And then once I did, they were like, ooh, how can we strategize? And every little thing they tried, I was like, no. Mm-mm. So Kelly Price and I um, and Shantae Moore and I think uh, I think Little Mo was included, but we all agreed that we were if we were going to have any kind of discrepancies with each other, we were going to rectify the problem and, and talk it out on camera. Production came to us about a month after filming, and they said, hey, you guys are too nice to each other. TV One is having a problem with that. And I said, well, the, the, the problem that I'm having is that, first of all, I told you guys I wasn't about fighting. I wasn't going to do that. It's stupid. It's high school. We are grown women, and we have a responsibility to young black women everywhere that see us on a show. And if we can't resolve our problems with each other as women, then what do they think of us as women? Like, how how are they going to grow up thinking it's okay to curse each other out and just walk away? And then the producer mm-hmm. said to me, well, you can – you guys can have your disagreement on camera and then you can walk away and have a drink later and rectify it at that point. And I said, no, because again, the image that we're putting out there is everything. Perception is what I'm talking about. And you guys want us to do all this bullshit. I'm not having it. Um, So we agreed as a cast that just because the production company and and the network tells us that we have to do a certain thing doesn't mean we actually have to do that. You know, let's, Let's be so we had to make sure we we watched ourselves when we talked on cam uh, off camera. If we had our packs on, we would turn them off and put them on silent. Um, because if you're in the bathroom and you're talking and you're saying something that they don't they don't need to hear, they will use that. For instance, Kelly Price I think had a scene. I know she did, but I wasn't on it. But that particular episode with her, but she had a scene where she came in. They told everybody to bring something from their childhood that represents who they are, and and um, what they had to go through back then and how it's changed their lives today as grown women. So Kelly Price brought in some Timberlands saying that, you know, at one point she brought in tennis shoes, Timberlands, and some Vaseline, and she was talking about a, a, a razor blade or a switchblade or something like that she, she brought with her after a while. But she brought the tennis shoes because she used to run home from kids beating her up because she was fat. She felt like she was ugly because that's all they called her. Then she brought the Timberlands because after a while she said, I am not going to run again. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to fight and hell with these people. And I brought a switchblade or a razor blade to protect myself. But she never had the razor blade with her on camera. She talked about it, and they used that and made it seem like she was trying to use it on Shantae Moore. And Shantae was like, and we did a scene together, and Shantae was telling me at the restaurant, and she tried to use it on me, and she was using And I said, no, Shantae, I'm sorry. I wasn't there. I wasn't in that scene. But I doubt very seriously that that's what happened. And I can't understand why you're telling me that she talked about her childhood and things that she needed to protect herself with as a kid, and now you're saying it that, that she meant to use that on you? Uh-uh. I'm sorry. I don't believe you. No. And she was pissed at me as well because I wouldn't play the game. I wouldn't play the game. And what I was upset about in the end, um, I didn't go back. Let me see. They didn't have me back for about four months of filming. Because don't, they had me back at the end of that week because every Monday I think they would have us reiterate what we saw, what happened in different episodes over the week before. And so you have that, that um, you would have, like, they would do 
on every reality show they have like follow up. So you're sitting there talking about, and this is what happened at the restaurant, and this is what she told me when we went for drinks, and this is what I, she said at her house, and I couldn't believe her. You know, so we have to follow up with what happened in episodes prior, and they wanted me to move my head back and forth in my neck and all that. Girl, please. And the the showrunner was like, well, Dawn, can you just, on camera, can you just do this, like, suck your teeth and just like, girl, uh uh-uh, bitch, I'm not the one. I was like, oh, so you want me to be the black girl, the step and fetch it woman? No, no, no. No, see, Robin, I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't talk like that, barely talk like that with my friends. And if I do, that's behind closed doors with my friends. But to represent myself to the world, I'm not bringing that to my young black audience. That's not going to happen with me. Right. It's not. And yeah. and I'm keep I keep smiling because you're going to try to get me where I'm. I look like I'm down or I'm depressed or I'm angry. You're not going to get the angry black woman. Um, what I didn't like in the end is that the reunion show. I didn't go for that reunion show. Uh, Kelly Price and I agreed that we weren't going to do it. And then I hear um, somebody told me, "Oh yeah, Kelly Price. I watched it and Kelly Price was there and." Um, she was talking to all the – I was like, wait, Kelly was there? They said, yeah, you haven't seen – I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. I'm not going to watch They said, well, she was just telling everybody that she – how much she loved each one of the girls or something like that, that each one of them stood up and she held their hands and she told them it. And I was like, wait a minute. They all turned against her. I was the only one who had her back. The only one. That's why I did, you know, Not Your Mama's Monologues with her. So – I was shocked. I was just shocked. I'm like, okay, that's the way that the game. So she tried to call me maybe about three weeks after the final episode aired, and I wasn't taking her calls. I didn't answer her emails. And I just didn't respect the fact that I had your back and you didn't have mine. Even if you could tell them that you love them, each of them. I don't know why you would do that when they turn on you, but you could do that. Um, What I didn't appreciate is that I had your back and you didn't make sure – they talked about me and Dawn is this and Dawn is that, but you didn't have my back and say, wait a minute, Dawn's not here to protect herself, and I'm not going to let you guys talk bad about her. That's not going to happen. Right. That's what All I needed was for her to have my back the way that I did with her. She didn't have to fight nobody. It wasn't about that. It's just being woman enough to say what was real. And I was, like I said, the only one to have her back. And sometimes that's all you need at the end of the day. Don Robinson is my guest on Next Legacy Radio. And sometimes, and, and, and this is what I took from it, because, you know, especially like, because we, that's when you and I, Don, first kind of linked up uh, as far as interviews. It was okay. like prior to that. And then, like, I looked at it and I was like, because, you know, I, Don, I, I don't know you know you like that, but I could tell yeah. it felt awkward for you, like, towards the end. Like, yep. it felt like you just wanted to get the hell out of there and you just didn't want anything to, like, destroy the <laughs> reputation you were building for yourself. So that was the vibe yeah. I got. And then and then we had a show and we kind of talked about it the night, you and I, and we were like, you know what, it just kind of made, it just made the whole, it, it, just, it was just teed up like, like how you broke it down, Don. It was like, basketball wise like they do that and they do it faithfully like yeah. they do it all the time and they don't care but to your point nope. like you know if they say look we're going to have a nice show it's going to be healthy happy you know uh, they don't like that they want some cat fights they want something that people will get the ratings up and then they're just, they're just exactly. basically trying to tee it up to make people look you know a certain way um, my my question right. to you is: Would, would well, you would you ever do something like that again, or is it just something that you're just like, okay, I, I lived and learned, and I'm not and I'm not 
doing this stuff again. Well, they they are never going to have a show where the the only shows that they have that are positive are because I asked them. I said, "Why is it that you guys are coming to us after a month saying that we're too?" Because after a month of filming, they came to us and said that TV One is not liking the fact that you guys are too nice to each other. And I said, "No, what it really is." And I'm just going to put it out there because it was just us, the cast, and um, a couple of the producers. And I said, what it really is is that we're not hitting each other over the heads with glasses. We're not taking each other's men and bitch this, bitch that. And you don't like that. I said, but if you let enough time go by, the niceties, because we just met each other. I don't know Shante right. more. I don't know Claudette. Claudette doesn't know Kelly Price. We don't know each other as a cast. Michelle, <clears throat> I think I met her. Uh, I don't even know when, but I met her over the years. But I still didn't know her. I said hello, and we gave each other acknowledgement about our music, and that was it. We moved on. And so we didn't have enough time. But given time, just like any time you get a new job, you start you start off nice, everybody's nice to each other, and then after about six, seven months, you all know each other, and you become a family. I said, so if you give us time, we can have a natural disagreement, and we can resolve it naturally as well. And they were like, well, we don't have time for that. We have money to make, and if you, Dawn, pointed at me directly – don't like what's going on here. Um, you have to figure out if you want to be on the show. And I said, but you, Leslie, because that's his name, um, you knew that before I signed to do this show, I didn't want messy. So you guys lied to me. You're trying to call me out in this meeting and embarrass me, but that's not going to happen. Um, so we never got the chance. Like I was dating at the time, I was dating a white guy from Wales. I wanted to talk about the fact that some black people have a problem with mixed relationships. I wanted to deal with that stuff. Why is it that who I sleep with is a problem? Why is it who anybody sleeps with is a problem? It's just so stupid. Again, we only have 100 years in a lifetime, if that. If you make it, homeboy, what's his name, Um, Alex Trebek Trebek just died today or or died a couple days ago. He was 80 years old. Like, that's not a long time in a lifetime. My parents are just, my mom is four years shy of, of being 80. So that right. life is not a long life, and I don't care who you love. Who who you're in bed with and what you do is your fucking business, and that's how I that's want right. to explain it. Um, I was looking, I was trying to um, talk about, you know, my ex-husband was abusive with me. A lot of fans don't even know I was married, and I wanted to deal with that because there are young black women that are involved in relationships right now with men that are beating them. Let's talk about the things that are real. You know what I mean? And let's deal with the fact that Kelly Price has been big all her life and was really insecure about her stuff. Let's talk about it because that's the only way right. we can get past it. How she got yep. teased, that's that's so important for young people. They kill themselves today because social media makes it a lot worse. Uh, cell phones, um, <clears throat> you know, they put their pictures up, fat ass and all this stuff. They talk about little 12-year-old girls who are overweight. And they literally take themselves out because they're fat and their friends don't like them anymore or they're talked about. They didn't want to get into the real. I told them. I said, I have given you reality. I have never had a child. I have infidelity. Um, my husband was had three children outside of my marriage, our, our marriage, and with other women. And, you know, I have problems with infertility, and I want to deal with that too. And they were like, well, we could take you to a couple of doctors, but that's about it. They didn't want to get into the real stuff. So would I do it again? I know you asked me and I went a long way around it, but I doubt it unless they guarantee me. They said that the only reason they have positive shows with families that have children is because there's children on there and they don't want to exploit children. So, and I'm like, but just because we're single women on a show or single men doesn't mean that we don't want to be 
we we want to be exploited like that. We don't want to be exploited. We, you told me that we were going to have a positive show. Shante Moore right. had an amazing idea. She has a book that she was writing at the time, and I hope she still comes out with it, but it's called Will I Marry Me? We as women have so mm-hmm. – remember you heard about it? Yep. I'm talking about that. You talked about it on the show. Yeah, it was so, it was so yeah, brilliant. So I was like, like Shantae mm-hmm. – I'm sorry, I got an echo. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I remember watching, like, you know – um, watching it from from the very 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 first episode and just watching this decline and wondering what the heck happened. I was like, Wait yeah, well she 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 had that idea and I told her it was brilliant. So the scene where we were um, marrying ourselves, we were at a chapel. We had to pick. First of all, they had us come in and try on these um, wedding gowns. <clears throat> and Kelly Price was a big girl, and they knew that, but they only had probably. Size five, six, seven, eight, maybe a ten at the most. I mean, Kelly Price is probably a good sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. She's a big girl, and she told him that, and she was crying because she said, "I can't even try these dresses on," and you guys knew that. And they were like, "Well, no, that'd be funny, you know, to just make a joke about." And she said, "No, this is my wow. life. This is my life. I've been big and teased for this shit, and you guys think it's oh, she's." Had them. She was in the car. She was like, "I'm leaving this motherfucker." I'm not. And they were like, production went to her car with her, and please, her husband talked her into going back in, and she did the scene. If you see it again, in her normal dress, because you know they didn't have a way for her to get the right clothes. I mean, right, the uh, wedding gown. Um, so stuff like that that it's just not funny to them. It's ratings. To them, it's ratings. To us, it's real life. And I told them that. I said, I talked about exactly. my ex-husband being violent with me, that the press, the fans don't even know I was married, let alone had a, a abusive husband. Um, and the fact that he had children outside of our marriage is also embarrassing, that I have not had children. And I, and I started crying in the scene. And after the scene was over, they came running over. Production was like, oh, my God, God, we were crying back there. Oh, my God. You're so amazing. Oh, this is the type of stuff that gets ratings. You're going to be the favorite on the show now. And I said, you guys don't wow. understand. Yeah. I thought I was still crying when they, yeah. when they came over to me. And I was like, this is not, how, this is not rating. That's why I have no. a disconnect with uh, reality shows and shows of, you know, uh, to me, it, reality show, and I, I think, Don, you, and unfortunately you learned a heavy lesson as far as reality shows not being real because you experienced it yeah. firsthand. It just seems like so yeah. many different, you know, people go through certain things that they don't want to, they don't want to spotlight because it's not going to be a ratings grabber for some of these people. But that's what takes away the, mm. the soul of television. I think you and I, like, you know, you and I, we're, we're roughly the same age, but, you know, we grew up in that age where yeah. we, even though we knew sex sales, sex was out there, it was never carried a certain way at a certain period of time. Exactly. And it's still, and it's still turned into uh, a thing nowadays where that's all you need. If you don't have sex sales then, or if you don't have something chaotic, then you're never going to go far in life, and that sucks. And my question, Don, is you got a book coming, right? This is this is what I've been hearing yes, kind of off and on. Is that something? Okay. So, first off, I want to get it. Can I can I can I buy it now? <laughs> but also, what will will a lot of your <laughs> will a lot of your experiences in you know life, music, uh, you know everything kind of all encompassed into this book that you're creating? Yes, it's all in there because 
Just to go back real quick about what you were saying about reality shows and sex cells. I understand being sexy, but when you're overtly There's sexual a difference. and you over-sexualize mm-hmm. our children or people's children, I don't have any, but, you know, young young America that's watching us, a young global, in my case, the world watching what we do. So we have to, we are responsible as artists and athletes and entertainers and, you know, actors, actresses. We are responsible for that. You know, unfortunately, kids will listen to us before they listen to their own parents a lot of times. Um, if Michael Jackson said it when we were kids, we were like, oh, my God, Michael said, because we believed in him and we saw him as, as our peer. So a lot of times people will listen to a celebrity before they listen to their own family. We have a huge responsibility, and I think it's gone downhill, like you said. What, it was sexual. It, was, it, was, it wasn't overt. It wasn't in our house, like in our faces, I should right. say. It was, it was kind of iffy. And we knew it was out there, but it was like, oh, I couldn't even sing the song, um, move it in, move it out, push it in, all about this mm-hmm. old lady. I, I wasn't allowed. Because right. my mother knew right. what she was talking about, move it in, move it out. She knew. I didn't know. Um, funky Nassau, <laughs> we weren't allowed to say funky. Oh, my God. We were not. It was right. like that. And that's when life hey, was innocent. Hey, hey Don, giving, giving him something yeah. he can feel, the video, was sexy. It wasn't, like, over was the top, like, crazy, but it was sexy. The way, the way you know exactly. what I mean? Like, it's, there's a yeah. difference, and I think people forget that. Like, they just want to see something that either they're starving for or, you know, you know mm-hmm. how it is. We grew up in that age where it's just kind of like, you know, even if you show a little something, that's all you're going to get until – that's you know, it. whenever, you know what That's I mean? Like, right. that was it. Yes, yes, yes. I was just watching something on Sarah Vaughn, and, and then I went over to Ella Fitzgerald on YouTube. It kind of clicked for, to the next video, and it was Ella. And I was thinking, you know, these ladies didn't have to do anything but stand there and sing. They weren't yep. selling sex. They were selling their vocals. They were singing the songs about life and things that they've gone through or may not have gone through. Um, a tisket, a tasket. I lost my yellow basket. You know, it wasn't even, she wasn't talking about, I don't even know what the yellow basket was, but it didn't sound, <laughs> <laughs> it sounded innocent, okay, not deny, um, so, uh, we have changed so much, and I can't, I, I hope that things get back to, I know it sounds old-fashioned, old-fashioned, and kids have the world at their fingertips in their hands with their phones, so they're going right. to see things that you and I, even as, as adults, are shocked to see. Kids are getting all that. So I keep telling people, as much as it feels like God is not here because we have COVID and um, crazy people talking about they want to be president and one president leaves us crazy, got, we got another one in there. And just because Kamala is here, it's great that she's here. I'm happy that there's a woman and that she happens to be black because she's a pawn. I see it. So I just keep saying, Father, you know, I know that there's a, a hidden agenda behind everything, and I pray Absolutely. for protection on this planet because i mean i don't go to church i'm not you know overtly uh religious or anything but i do know that there's a higher power that created all of this all of us trees and grass we can't you know human beings can't grow all that they can't create it they can grow it but they can't create it you know what i mean so i i can't give i don't give up hope that god exists and that uh it's going to be all right like things and you know we just left 2020 we're getting ready to leave 2020 and that to me when you reset your clock and it goes to zero, or even in your speedometer in your car, it goes back to zero. 
Mm-hmm. Number one is the next number. 2021, I'm not a numerology person, but I was like, i got to think about that, though. The number one is the next year, and that's going to be the restart for everything. There's something happening yeah. that I think right. globally is yeah. going to affect all of us in a very positive way, just because of all this mess that they created here. It's just like it's just like dawn twenty twenty. It was like January one twenty twenty. New decade. Let's let's do something That's different right. than we've ever done. Here we go. That's and then right. here this That's pandemic right. hits. And um, and, and dawn, well, you you yeah, got a title for exactly. the you got a title for the book. What what's the book title? No, I don't. No, well yes, I think Break of Dawn is what I've been throwing around. Break of Dawn. Ooh. Break of Dawn because everybody in hip hop has That's used that, that word as right, that right. term. Thanks, Denai. Thank you, you guys. Um. But break it dawn because I am breaking away from my past, and I am the dawn. I am the new, the next for me. So break of dawn. I'm breaking away from everything that was, and I'm starting over again, a new day, a new dawn, a new beginning. Because um, that's what my name means. That's what it's. It's what it stands for. So, yeah. Or, or and, just, um, or and just my, a new dawn. Th- a new dawn. Think about it. Think about it. A yeah, new dawn. Yes. Oh, a new dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. break, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, break a dawn. Right? Yeah. yeah I see that one okay. too. I mean, I've, I've thrown that away around <laughs> as well. Um, a new dawn. Uh, why didn't I choose that one? And what was I saying about that? Because I'm breaking away. And, I, I mean, a new dawn says the same thing, you know, basically. It's mm-hmm. a new true. Dawn says no, very true. Very true. Yeah, so I get it. And dawn- I get it. And Don, let me ask you, because uh, I know you're gonna you're gonna detail, you're gonna chronicalize a, a lot of you know personal stages in, in your life and your career and I stuff am. like that. Um, sure. And I know a lot of it is stuff that we, you know, you're you're letting your fans know, like you said, you've shared a lot in certain things. But you know, I want to talk about the the Invoke legacy real quick because not real quick, yeah. but you can dive into it as deep as you can um, because something resonated with with me and and I want to get your thoughts on it because you know I'm I'm pretty cool with with Ralph Tresvant new edition people out there know this guy right so you know him yeah. and I are pretty cool he had he had something on one of these channels and you know I'm not saying anything personal it's you know it's out there publicly um he said something right. that made me think about you and he was saying that you know during his time during you know the 80s late 80s 90s of new edition when Every you know, Bobby was already doing his solo. Johnny was doing his solo. You know, right around the formation of of Bell Bib DeVoe, um, you know, everybody was secretly kind of doing, you know, certain things on the side. And he was like, "Nah, for the sake of the team, I'm just not gonna even like pursue a solo project because mm-hmm. that would detour uh, what I what he wanted accomplished at New Edition." So it made me think sure. about you because, you know, like I said, I'm a fan of yours, but also, you know, deeper than that, I, I've I've understood your journey as far as your quest to do that. I feel like right. you did the same in a lot of ways because you've kind of tabled uh-huh. your solo career for the for the uh, for the heart and soul of, of Invoke to be bigger than you know than it was or or, or you know at that particular time. When you feel that when no. you when you come across certain things when you come across certain things like that and you know your solo career you know in my opinion you know and everybody else had like other little side deals or whatever when you think about certain things do you feel like you you 
did all you can or were or were you misunderstood in the sense where I just wanted a piece of the pie like everybody else because everybody else had different things going on as well? Well, no, because I was the one, I was one of the two members, there's four of us, of course, so I was one of two that was asked to do a solo career, solo album first. And I, I regret that uh, to this day because Terry did her album first. The record company knew that we were trying to renegotiate our contract. We were, we were getting, we had done two albums under the same terms as the first. So Born to Sing, we had a certain term, we had terms in our contract that we were like, okay, fine. Everything we got, we were accepting because we had no choice. We were brand new. The record company wow. hadn't really put any kind of money into us. So, you know, it was it was not their vested interest to see that we succeed. If we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. They weren't trying to spend a lot of money on us. And so when we hit and hold on was huge like it was, that's when the record company was like, whoa. And that's when we we sold, I think, $5 million on the first album and then started – the recording on the second album and Maxine kept asking our producer, like, aren't we supposed to renegotiate or do something? She didn't know what it was because we had never done this before. This was new for all of us. So right. isn't there something that we have to do right now? Like wh- what's happening? Like what are we supposed to be doing at this point? Um, and he said, no, don't fix nothing. Don't break nothing. It's fine. Everything is good. What it is because for him and his partner, which were our producers, they were sharing the same amount of points that we were as four girls. So for them, it was only two people. They didn't have anything to squabble over. But with uh, the four girls getting the same amount, like there was nothing for us. So, of course, we were supposed to. When you go platinum or you sell a million albums, you're supposed to tear up the old contract and go back in and um, renegotiate for better terms. And we never did. Right. We never did. We went in for the, um, we went, we did Funky Divas under the same terms that we did Born to Sing. And that is a shame. That's sad. Wow. That is some. That's a travesty. Yeah, man. Because that is a you know, it was. Huh? Say again. That is a, a huge travesty. That's a huge. It is. It is tonight. It is because there was so much to go around. You know, it's like by the time I left the group in '97, um, uh, we had sold 28 million records. 28 million records worldwide. Like that's insane to me. Um, yep. And. Most of that was in the producer's pockets. So I I say it like this. This is my theory, and I'll put it in my book. I am putting this in the book. You know, the government, the IRS gets theirs first, then the record company, then the producers, then the managers, then the agents, and then whoever else. Even our choreographer at one point was like, y'all see this house? Because um, Frank Gatson, he's our, our manager, I mean our choreographer, and he was like, I want y'all to come and see my house. So we went to his mansion. You heard me. Um, and when we mm. got there, he's like, yeah, y'all bought this. Y'all bought this mansion. And did you see that that you walked past in the garage? You bought that, too. And you bought my Mercedes Benz that's sitting right next to it. And if y'all don't Damn. come back together, you ain't going to have nothing and blah, blah, blah. I was like, wait. And I sat on his steps in his mansion because he had two sets of staircases. One goes up one way and the other goes up the other way. And you can go up either side to get to the top and either side to come back down. And I sat there in his house. And I just cried. And Terry sat next to me. She's like, but Dawn, that's why we're back together. This is 2009. That's why we're back together so we can make sure. I said, Terry, we should have had that back then. That is what I was trying mm-hmm. to tell you guys. We should. It's not to say that our choreographer did not deserve his mansion. It's to say that we deserve it as well. Because exactly. not only did he have a mansion. Yeah, denied. Um, not only that did he have a mansion, but our producer, 
had a, uh, a mansion as well in Black Hawk, and we walked into his house, and my mouth, being what it is, spoke before my mind could tell me to shut up. And I was like, oh, so, because he's like, yeah, this is $20, 20 million, you know, $20 million mansion. I was like, oh, that's this is what our money bought you. And the girls looked at me like, oh, my God. And I was like, well, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but, I mean, come on. And he's like, no, 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 no. I mean, I got it for a full, it was a foreclosure, and I got it for $8 million. And I'm like, nigga, did you just say to me, $8 million? Yeah. That's yeah. your money. That's of your money, of, you of the group's money. Right. Of our money. Thank you. So, again, it wasn't that he didn't deserve it. It was that we deserved it, too. Sandy should have had one. Maxine should have had one. Terry Lee. And, yeah, we all should have had the same thing. So, I... I'm going to put all that in the book, not because I'm being messy, but because because a lot of people are like, oh, you're talking about the girls and blah, blah, I'm like, yeah, I'm telling my story. I'm telling how I saw it. Right. Terry was dating our right. producer first, um, and she was de- dating him, and that is what really was divide and conquer in the group because she started her solo album, like you were talking about a little while ago, um, first. And then the record company, knowing that, came to me and was like, okay, Dawn, you know, well, we're going to offer you a little bit of money so that you can be quiet and we're going to put you in the two. And I was like, cool. Because Cindy and Maxine and I couldn't come to terms. We couldn't do anything with, well, we could do things without Terry, but the record company knew that we signed as all four of us and they weren't trying to renegotiate with just me, Maxine, and Terry, Cindy. Right. So mm. without Terry, because Terry was over there doing her solo album, um, we couldn't do anything and really renegotiate without her. So, you know. It was like no, no shade being thrown, Don. But how how did her solo album do, by the way? How did it do? It didn't do good at all. It didn't do good. Yeah. Okay. I, just, I mean, I, I knew the answer, but I think everybody knew. I just wanted to throw that. I mean, no shade, and I'm not throwing <laughs> no, throw shade. But I'm, yeah. Yeah, not only that, not only that, Charles. Um, not only that, uh, the People magazine was talking about her album, like um, it's sitting in the bargain bins in the basement of Macy's or something like oh, that. Damn. One of the departments. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not, it's no surprise. I'm really, I was shocked because I liked her single. I think it was called wherever you are. That's her ballad. It was a ballad, beautiful mm-hmm. video. Um, but the, the rest of the album was, that was supposed to be our En Vogue album. We were supposed to renegotiate. We had agreed the four of us that we were going to sit it out for this next album because we need to renegotiate better terms. So the right. four of us, Cindy, Terry, Maxine, and myself, agreed that we weren't going in, and all of a sudden Terry was in the studio. What? Why are you there? We called her at the studio. Well, wow. you guys, you know, me and Denny have our thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> me and Denny have our thing, and I don't agree with you guys, and I don't want to make decisions. I'm just like, I'm neutral. You know, I'm in the I'm like, Terry, you can't be neutral. You're either on our side or you're on their side. You can't be neutral. Mm-hmm. This is us and them, and we have to make sure that we protect ourselves. What do you mean you're neutral? Well, I don't agree with you guys and what you want to do, so just go ahead and make decisions without me. And that was like, bitch, we can't. I'm not saying in a mean way, but, yeah, we can't do that without you, and you know that. So she went on to record that album. Then the record company came to me, and I was like, yes, exactly. I will do this because my thing was Cindy and Maxine didn't want to hold Terry accountable. And even to this day, we have talked about this and talked about why the group broke up and what happened. And Terry is always in denial, and I'm always telling them, you guys, Terry, you know that it was you. You know that it was you because of you doing a solo project. Even though the record company came to me after, I took it because I didn't want to leave my, lose my house. 
Right. But you took the right. deal first. So you left the group first, and I've been blamed for the group breaking up, even though you were the one who broke it up first. No, I did a solo album, and I did it with Jenny and Tommy. Yes, you did it with our producers, but you were not in in vogue when you did that album. That solo album was solo. It was not an in vogue album. So you mm-hmm. technically were gone from the group. You were solo. Um, and I, it, it's really hard because the reason that they kicked me out of the group in 97, um, I forgot when Terry's solo album came out, but I had a, uh, we were supposed to have a, so the record company came back to me and said, Dawn, okay, we're going to take you out of the studio. I know you're working on your solo album that we did with you, but we're going to take you out of the studio and we're going to, um, we're going to start working on the En Vogue album and we'll get back to your album eventually. And I was like, no, no, because you guys played games with me. You fucked with the wrong one. Excuse my cursing, but you you messed with the wrong one. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have that. You put Terry's album out. You gave her tour support. You gave her a budget for a video. Even Maxine and Cindy and I supported her solo album. And now you're telling me that you're not going to take my album seriously? Like, in that, you know. I'm just saying her her album was garbage. The stuff that I was doing was like, wow. And 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 the record company kept coming back to me like, we like the song. Keep going. We They gave me a little bit more money for a recording budget because I was doing great, and they loved it. And then all of a sudden it was like, nope, we need that revenue. The label head is looking at us like, you know, the head of the label. Like Sylvia Rome was powerful, but she had somebody above her that was like, hey, we need this En Vogue album. Where is it? We don't care about the solo albums, and we don't care. Ah, none of that. So, like I said, we were trying to renegotiate. We were supposed to go in, the four of us, and renegotiate. And when Terry did that, it messed it up for everybody. And then the record company was like, okay, back in the studio in Vogue. So we went back in, and that's when we did, I want to say, we were working on, not Runaway Love album, because that was only an EP. Uh, But um, we did the, what became EV3 was supposed to be, not really EV4 because we didn't have a name yet, but that would have been probably the name EV4. Um, and they didn't take me serious. So I was like, nope, I will stay in the group, but I want my solo rights revoked. I want to be out of En Vogue. I'm sorry, I want to be out of, of the label as far as my solo is concerned. Solo career, right. I want somewhere else. I want control of that, but I will do the En Vogue album. So that's why I ended up finishing that EV3 album, and they they took my vocals off to a certain point, but I hear myself everywhere. All over that album, I hear it everywhere. You can't mistake it. And a lot of the – I saw Babyface maybe about, oh, gosh, I'd say six years after that album came out, and he said, Dawn, oh, my God, you don't understand. It was so hard for me to take your vocals out, so I just pulled them back in the cut. I didn't really take them out of there. And I was like, see, I knew it. Yeah. I knew I could hear myself. Yeah. I know my voice, I know it. and Because this is the thing, you, you guys, when you have a group situation or even a duet or duo, if one piece is missing, it sounds totally different. So even exactly. though there's a four-part harmony, even with, yeah, without me gone, with me gone, um, it's going to sound different. Just like now with Rona in there and Maxine and Cindy, Cindy and Terry, I'm sorry, and Rona, it sounds like a different and vogue. It is not our sound. Um, right. So, what, what did I say yeah, earlier, Don, about uh, taking the the heart and soul away from from Invogue? Yeah. That, yes. That's what yes, you did. You did. 
Yes, you can hit y'all. That's yeah. what you did. So that was, was that it. Was that you around the time that. that you guys did the video for Don't Let Go for the uh, Set It Off soundtrack? That was roughly around that time, right? Don't Let Go happened in between that album recording, recording EV3 and okay. and after Runaway Love album. So Runaway Love was gotcha. just a, basically it was remixed, um, remixing our hits and then one new song called Runaway Love. So it was like six songs and an EP. So, but still, it was like an album. You can't pay us for that. Like nobody was paying us still. And we were going on the road and smiling to the cameras and being funny and being happy on stage, but we weren't making any money. It's just insane. Looking back now, how fast and Dawn, that's the, moving. That's the huh? sad part of, about it, because I've heard, like, you know, stories from TLC. Like, they didn't even get, like, yeah. their first two albums, they made no money at all. Like, nothing. And, you know, yeah. as, uh, you know, millions of albums sold, same thing with you, with En Vogue. Like, it just seems like, I don't know. It, and you're absolutely right what you said earlier. I've heard it from a lot of people in the industry. You know, if your first album yeah. goes goes big, then you know what? Let's renegotiate that second one. And if it's not the kind of deal you want, like, I, I understand the business part as far as how you broke down. Listen, we're not going to do a second album unless the the numbers are right and everything that comes right, with it. Exactly. But it's hard being mm-hmm. a part of a group, right, when you either get outvoted or, you know, even if you do agree, somebody else is salty, and the shit is just, you know, it, the, that's when the vibe breaks down, right? Well, in this case, it was because Terry was dating our producer. So that right there, her interest was oh. elsewhere. Her interest was not for invoke. Her interest was for what her man wanted. Mm. And instead of, you know, looking uh, like... At one point, we had a meeting, and I was like, Terry, you know, you're not looking out for yourself. Denny is looking out for himself and his business partner, our producers, Denzel Foster, Thomas McElroy. You know, Denny and Tommy are looking out for themselves, but you're not looking out for yourself. And if you and Denny break up tomorrow, what is it going to be? Like, you can't you can't, you can't fix that. you got to fix it now. Right. Now's the time when we renegotiate, and we have to stand in solidarity together as the four of us. We have to have each other's backs, and right. um, you know, yeah. So when they when they kicked me out of the group, it was because Sylvia Rhodes had a big meeting with us. She came, flew in from New York to L.A. We were in Terry's hotel room, and I was told to be there at a certain time, but I was always late to meetings. And I got there, and they had been there a while because you could tell there was like plates and dishes, and they were there a lot longer than I was before I got there. So I was like, and the conversation was already going, and I couldn't really say much. And when I looked over, we were supposed to have a creative meeting. And I looked to my left, and I was like, okay. And I said hi to everybody. But then I was like, and our our, our producers, I mean, our uh, attorneys were there. And I was like, why are our, you know, our attorneys weren't supposed to be. It was supposed to be management and the record company and us four. But these other three people are here. Why are you guys here? Why are the attorneys here? And I started texting my boyfriend at the time. He had those um text, uh, read a, reading text that you could have text to talk or whatever it was called, you know, you mm-hmm. could text and read the text. Um, instead of somebody's pager, you had a, a pager, we had pagers. And I was saying, okay, something's up. They got something going on. And before I knew it, Sylvia Rome was saying, so Dawn, we can't have any hidden agendas here. And, you know, you have a solo deal. And I said, yeah, Sylvia, but you know that I have a solo deal with you. You already knew that. Well, I had already slighted her, and she didn't like it because I outsmarted the record company. 
when they didn't take my solo album seriously, that's when I told them that I wanted to get out of the group as a solo artist, but I would stay in the group in Vogue. So we continue to um, record the En Vogue album, what became EB3. I went in the studio every day just like usual. Nobody was none the wiser to anything. And when she said that, I was like, wait a minute. So what is different about Terry? Because Terry did her solo album first, right? She said, yes, she did. I said, so what is different about Terry doing a solo album than me? What's different about that? And Terry turned to me. She was sitting across from me on the couch with Sylvia. It was Terry, then Sylvia Roan, then uh, Cindy, and then one of the people, one of our managers, a big couch. And um, and Terry turned to me and she said, it just is, Dawn. It just is. It just is. And I was like, wait a minute. It was like when your mom says, when you say, Mom, can I have, can I go somewhere? And she says, no. And you say, why? And she said, because I said so. Because I said so. <laughs> That's what I felt like right that moment. Oh, my God. I was like, right. oh. <gasps> what is this? I feel like I'm 10. I feel like I'm 10. Oh, no, I'm 14 years old again. <laughs> I am 14 years old again. And, and, and Don, the way I look at it is, I look at it like this, and Deny, back me up. So if, they, if they're shutting down your solo, I mean, they let Terry go first. But they were they were so, so determined to shut down your solo album. It's because of this reason. It's, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, Don. Deny, back me up, because I think you know where no. I'm going. They didn't want your solo album to come out because you were going to be bigger than what they were yeah, doing, what Terry's album, etc. Right? Am, am I lying? I got you. No, right. I'm not. You're, no, you're you're obviously right, but this is the thing. I was still. If they would have let me do my solo album with the record company, I was still with them. Mm-hmm. They would have had me as an artist, so they would have won. They would have had success. They would have had money. With I agree. Me. I agree. So I don't understand why they blocked that whole thing. They blocked it. They didn't want me out there. Um, they wanted, but you know, this is just, we all know and understand now. Everybody's waking up to the world that we live in and <clears throat> making sure that artists are successful financially. Black artists is not the thing that they want. Yep. Um, so yep. you know, they didn't want us to be. They wanted me to be in the broke down and vote still, not making any money still. And that's why they didn't want my solo album to be successful, which sucked so bad because everybody else made money. Off of Invoke, but not us. That's what I was confused. With. That's what I was like. That's it, what I was confused it, when she talked about the the choreographer made more money than y'all. Like, I was confused. Wait, hold on. Oh Push my god. Uh, and the fact that the choreographer told you that he made more money than he y'all sure did. said, well, you know, don't watch this. I I would have been like, wait, sure did, so this, 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 this. I'm confused on how yeah. you thought this was gonna help the situation, but. That's well, no, you know how you can thing. rewind time. You can rewind time and go back, and you can think about, you know, damn, if I would have did this. As far as an industry, as far as you know, in us as fans, when we look back, like you know, what would have or could have or should have happened, like you know, I feel like you know, in a lot of ways, and Don, this is your real life. This is how you make a living. This is what you do. This is what a lot yeah, of people do in right. general. So it's just like you know what, bad business moves can turn into like you know a lot of devastating situations when it comes to certain artists, and it's me it pisses me off to hear it because if they would have done certain things right or you know what they knew you were the heart and soul of in vogue and i'm gonna continue to say yeah. that to the day i die because that's how i feel that's so if nice. they knew you were that <laughs> and they didn't develop a yeah. solo project and it, a project for you to be able to if that would have transitioned to another uh, you know ev4 whatever the case may be that would have just yeah. been a perfect marketing strategy but instead they turned it into a shit show which 
then turned into this. And let and let me ask you this because yeah. I think a while back you guys yeah. did the thirty the thirty year anniversary or whatnot. Um, and I never got well, a chance before, to ask you this because that, you know. Hold, hold yeah, that yeah. thought. Hold that thought, Charles, because I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna tie into what you just said. If they okay. would have, this is the thing. We it was too soon for Terry and I to do a solo album at all. But if they would have taken care of us financially, we never would have tried to do a solo album. We should have been rich, but we were still going under two pennies a record for each of our albums still. You guys think that we should be okay with going in under those same terms for a fourth album? Really? Good point. Good point. Really? Wow. Are you kidding me? So so everybody's got mansions around us. Everybody except us have mansions and all this money. Our producer was rolling in a brand-new Porsche. Every single year he would lease a new Porsche. I'm rolling around in a Ford Fiesta with an oil leak, trying to get to rehearsal, trying to get to the studio when we record. And you're telling me that this is okay and we should be happy with this mess? I I, I couldn't understand that. So had they taken care of us, we would have been okay. And you wouldn't have had a fight. You wouldn't have had us going in trying to do solo projects because it was too soon. We were still trying to get our... We needed that fourth album to really, really, we should have been rich. I, I remember being on tour on uh, doing a play called Love Makes Things Happen, and Coco was um, in the play with me from SWV, and uh, um, Kevin Edmonds from After Seven, um, and it was Babyface did all the music because it was named after his song Love Makes Things Happen with, with, uh, with Pebbles. And I was the leading lady. So we all had to go out on stage and introduce ourselves as a cast before the show started. That's how we, we did it different than most most plays. And yeah. I was the last to go out. So it was me, Coco, and Kevon, and I felt comfortable enough to ask Coco because I've been seeing her with, like, Louis Vuitton everywhere we went. In the airport, she would rent a car, a brand-new Porsche or a brand-new, um, you know, Range Rover or Mercedes-Benz, wherever we went is the major cities, I would say. I was like, okay, I've, Coco, I've been seeing you with all these fur coats and all this stuff. Did you guys make money when you were in SWV? And she said, yeah. She said, if we, she said, if Dawn, if we didn't have to record anymore after our first album. We were rich off of our first album. I sat there. I still see myself right now. I was out of body, you guys. I went out of body because Kevon put his hand on my shoulder. She went out on stage and introduced herself, and then Kevon was next, and then I was the last one to go. And he was like, Dawn, my brother is babyface, and we were we were broke too. I, I understand what you're going through. And I was like, it's not that SWV shouldn't have had it. They deserved it. But what right. happened within Vogue, a group that crossed over was pop, crossover? Like, yep. I didn't understand. I couldn't get it. And I called yep. my mom after that next scene. I did the scene. And then I came back, and I called her, and I just broke down. I'm like, Mom, Coco, SWV even made money. And I asked yep. her why before she went out and said, I said, how is that? She said, because we had, an amazing, we had an amazing manager. She was a beast. And she knew that if she didn't make us money, she didn't make money either. So she made sure that we made money. I was like, who is she? I heard the same, thing. I heard the same thing, Don, from SWV. And to me, it's just like, it, 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 I'm, oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you did because, again, it goes back to, like, how it's handled, not just management, but, you know, all three were in collaborative form where they were all in because their manager made sure they had money at the end of the day. So that's why you didn't really hear exactly. too much as far as, you know, any, any uh, you know, strife going on with their, you know, with, with, you know, each other because they all were connected and they all were at the end of the day they were making as much money as you can at the 
at the at that particular time. And then Don, you know this too, because they, even in the nineties, it it was you know it was a free for all, and everybody had their creative juices flowing. You had a chance to be able to you know do tours like you and Invogue, internationally known, doing this, that, and the other, and you still had to struggle, which to this day is 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 right. still a, a trip to even think about. Um, especially back in the day, because it, it was so it was so good to see, you know, you with Invogue doing so well, but then not really, and, and that was stuff we didn't know exactly. as fans. Yeah, you know I mean, what I'm saying. You had to smile for the cameras, right? Exactly, I do. Um, we had to smile for the camera and act like everything was okay. And I remember when we got our plaque for, I think it was a. I don't know how many platinums we had, but they were presenting a plaque to us for so many millions sold. And I just felt like, okay, why are we accepting this shit? Because you guys have this big party for us and all that, but we're not making any freaking money. Like, why do I have to be happy right now? And the camera's right. clicking and all that stuff. Like, this feels so fraud to me right now. It feels so, it's shitty. Yep. It's not real. And um, you got, Sylvia Rome was more than happy drinking and having, you know, putting up her glass and everything, and I was like, wow, we are not rich. We're not even – Right. I didn't even care about being rich, but two pennies a record, even even with um, TLC, you mentioned them earlier, they said uh, – Left Eye said, you know, we were making a dollar fourteen per album. A dollar fourteen is a lot more than two pennies. So you can imagine <laughs> That's you didn't true. make nothing. That's like, true. nothing. Right. Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. How, how was the 30-year um, – anniversary um i know there was a gal okay, you yeah. know we seen pictures all that stuff how how was that for right. you personally was it awkward was it was it how, how was that whole experience it was awkward it wasn't supposed to be a reunion though um because when we had our meeting maybe june of last year um we mm-hmm. talked about the reunion but the girls didn't want to call it a reunion they wanted to call it a 30 year anniversary because they wanted to incorporate um what is her name? Um, Rona in it. Yeah. So they didn't want to call it a 30 year anniversary, uh, 30 year reunion because technically she wasn't there for that 30 years. And I was like, you guys, that's the trick. So we can't call it what we want to call it and what it actually is because Rona's involved. And Rona was not the meeting, so I was very candid. I said, you know, Rona has never been mean to me and Maxine. She's always been gracious in the press. Always, always, always been gracious. Um, she's had nothing but nice things to say. Well, really, she didn't say anything at all. She just wasn't mean, but she didn't say anything about Maxine and I, um, good or bad. She just was quiet, and I respected her for that. <clears throat> However, Rona wasn't there from the beginning in building that foundation of in vogue, the, the living in our suitcases and traveling the world and building that name. Um, she wasn't there for that. So I thought, you guys need to have her step back like she did in 2010 for our 20-year anniversary. She stepped back. Mm-hmm. We toured that whole year from 2009 to 2010, which was our 20-year anniversary, and Rona was not a part of it. So why can't she do right. that again this year? This is our right. 30th year anniversary this year, 2020. And they said, well, Rona's been with us longer. And After a while, it was just me and Cindy going back and forth. And I was like, Cindy? And she said, yeah, and, and you know, Rona has been with us for 13 years. It's more, it's longer than you and Maxine. And she's, we sold, Damn. I think she said we we went to number 11 on the charts, and I said, Cindy, I respect that. I really do. But those first eight years was the biggest that Vogue ever was. Yep. The 13 years that she's been with you guys has not been as big as En Vogue was when we were there. 
And going to number 11, that's cute. That's really nice. I didn't say it like that. I meant that, but I didn't say it like that. I said, that's very nice. You guys went to number 11. However, when Maxine and I were there, we go to number ones. We don't do number 11. We don't do number 10, number 9. That's, that's cute. Yeah, we go to number one, honey. That's what we bring. So you're getting a lot more with us involved. In fact, when we did that charity, it was a charity event really for our record company, the head of our record company uh, who signed us. Sylvia Rohn wanted us to come do a charity event for cancer. I wasn't going to do it at first, so they got Rona in my place. I said no, and they got Rona. And Maxine begged me to do it and begged me, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, because we were doing a project with her and I called Funky Divas. We were calling ourselves that. We bought the name. We we trademarked the name and all that. So I said, okay, Max, I agree with you. It will be a good look if you and I are there together. So I agreed to do it, and Rona was just there. She couldn't – once they said yes to her, they weren't going to pull her back out just because I was there, which would have been nasty. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had that. I would have said, you guys, that's not right. right. So she was there. Her harmonies are not the same with us, and I didn't like her voice. Like, she has a great voice by herself, but with us it didn't match. And I just, I just felt different. I felt like – it just, I don't know, it didn't work. And her look, she's much taller than all of us. Cindy is 5'6", Rona's like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, so she's taller than everybody, and it just didn't match. And um, our harmonies are indicative of in vogue. We don't, nobody does it better, you know, and I'm always right. proud of us for that. Thank you. So, um yeah, it's just. I, it I looked at it. it, it no, I looked right. at it like this too. When I when I saw the pictures and I you know and I saw this stuff, I was like, oh, okay. You know, from a fan's perspective, even a media guy, like there's an yeah. opportunity if things can be able to kind of dwindle itself down when it comes to maybe there's a tour, maybe there's an album, maybe there's an opportunity yeah. because you know we we don't we don't get you know God willing everybody will still be here on this earth, but again you know we we're not promised. You know, same thing I That's used to say about New right. Edition, I would say about In Vogue. It's, you know, it's never, you know, no one knows because, you know, they have a blessing. They have all six of their their artists still, to, you know, still on this earth. So you never know as far as their stuff. Mm-hmm. Same thing I say about In Vogue because, not just because I'm fans, but also because the the timeless music that was created during that era, like you said, first eight years, will never, ever, ever be taken away, no matter who comes in right. and joins the group right. or whoever does what, right? So I looked at it sure. as that, but uh, I'm glad you kind of shed some light on it from, uh, from you know, just from an outlook perspective, because I know it's not easy for you, Don, because, you know, quote, unquote, you got kicked out of the group, but also yep. it, it just that journey you. between the time you were there and the time that you left made it so awkward for you to even, you know, do business with them. So it was it was for you to even for you to even try and not put yourself out there is, is commendable. Well, this is the thing, Charles, and thank you for saying all of that. I I didn't just get kicked out. I got kicked out for doing exactly what Terry did. Terry right. did a solo album. Carrie was away from us. She had tour, all that stuff. Like I said, they gave her the props, and they gave and they kept her in the group for doing the exact – it was a mirror of each other, except I had a better album. And I'm not being shady. I'm just saying it was, was going to be a better album. So why are you guys kicking me out, but you're keeping Terry? Right. I, you know, there's right is right. Like when you have two children, you can't treat one better than the other. You can't do that. That's a bad parent. Yeah. And so I couldn't understand why Cindy, Terry, and I, I hold this to them to this day. I just told Maxine maybe about 
in February of this year, I we had it out with each other. That's why we didn't do the Funky Divas Project, because she never stood up for me. And when you do things and you sweep it under the rug and act like, oh, that was years ago. Get over it. Ah, it happened. No, bitch, this happened to me. This happened to me. Right. And you guys treated me like I was the wrong one, like I was I was doing something wrong or or that I was uh, faulty or that I was um, being shady or something. But you kept Terry in the group and you let me go. I just I don't understand how you think that's fair. I just don't see it. And so, yeah, it was difficult for me to go back to do the charity thing. That's why I said no at first. And Maxine was like, please, do it, please, we got to do this together. And I was like, ah. Okay, you're right. It is a good look. When we went back, Charles, that whole thing that we did with In Vogue, going back, we broke the internet that night. When everybody else I know, I know, I remember. The internet. For the first yes. time of In Vogue's history, they've been together all these years. I left in 97. Maxine left two years after me. Then they got, they got Amanda first, and then they got Rona. And you mean to tell me that in all this time that the internet has existed, they have never broken the internet? Not once, until we came back. Yep. So real talk, I'm just saying, and I'm not blowing myself up. It's like you guys made me feel like I was so insignificant and not important. I don't know how many conversations were had like that. Dawn, your dance steps were wrong. Dawn, your vocals are wrong. You have, you know, all of this stuff. It's like, wait a minute. And I called them on it on our very first tour. We were doing the MC Hammer tour, and we would always critique ourselves. So we'd watch the VHS tape after the show was over on the tour bus. Right. And it was always about what I was doing wrong. And was Dawn is this and Dawn is that and Dawn. And after a while I got frustrated and I left out of the um out of the back lounge area and then I saw Maxine come out to go to the bathroom and I said, Max, can I talk to you? And she said, Yeah, what's up? And I said, Well, do you hear how you guys are talking about me? Would you like it if that was you in there? Because every single time we do a show and we get off the we get out the venue and we come into the bus, we change our clothes, put on our pajamas and we talk. It's always about critiquing me. Dawn's steps are wrong. Dawn's this is wrong. Dawn did that wrong. Nobody else does anything wrong. I was like, you know, Terry has been wow. doing Hold On since the very beginning, and she sings the wrong note every single time we start the song. It's been since 1990. Wow. <laughs> she sings it wrong. And I always have to give her the key. Okay, so she'll, if she does it on her own and she doesn't ask me the note, she'll do or too high or too low and if I don't give her the note yeah. so I've been giving her the same and she was like don't say no more she took me to the back lounge she took the remote control out of Terry's hand and she turned off the VCR and she said you guys Cindy and Terry we treat Dawn differently and we're going to stop that today and Cindy was like no we treat Dawn the same da, da. no we don't no we don't because every time we do a show Dawn is absolutely right we talk about how bad her dance steps were or how she missed this but we all miss dance steps we all miss notes we got to stop it now. It stops today. And Terry was trying to argue with her, and I left out of the lounge, and that was that. So she stuck up for me then, but she hasn't stuck up on me for me since. And so uh, I don't. And know I find that it's I find like that really very. Uh, as far as far as being a part of a group, Don, I find I find that very, uh, you know, sad to hear because. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm going to say it. I probably said it two or three or four or five different times tonight. Don Robinson is the heart and soul of En Vogue. So 
for that to even, I mean, because of, of, listen, listen, like, not just a lot of your leads, but, I mean, your voice, what you encompassed, your, your, the way you carried it when you were a part of that group, that's what made you a giant. That's what made you who you are. And, and like, and like I said, listen, like, and, and, and Denai, you know oh this too, God. like, when it comes to people who speak in their mind, I would rather have that instead of someone not telling me shit. I would rather you tell me what's well, straight no. up in your, on your mind, in your heart, instead exactly. of just taking the fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that's, you know, when, when I hear you. this about, you know, them saying about your steps or, you know, your vocals, to me, that's just, that's hella we crazy. From none, of us, none of us had it down. This is our first tour. MC Hammer tour. So we were all learning as we went along. Nobody was perfect. At that point, we were all a mess. We were bumping into right. each other on stage. MC Hammer was like, you guys don't have a, a choreographer? Like, we didn't have it together. So we were all messing up. We were all learning. It was all brand new to all of us. Um, and now, you know, we went from doing clubs and stuff to all of a sudden we're doing arenas. We got to fill up all that space on stage that we would normally not have in a nightclub. Yep. So we were all yep. messing up. That's what the point was. And that's why Maxine was like, go on, stay no more, come with me. Because she had to straighten that shit out. She was, I was right. So, but it wasn't mm-hmm. just that I was speaking up. And I was always spicy and I would always speak up for the group all the time. It was always that. It was go. always like, wait a minute. Even in the meeting, even in the meeting with Sylvia Rome that time where I told you we were in Terry's room, I said, all of a sudden, so now you, you say that you have our backs because, uh, and I'm supposed to le- believe that. I said, "You, we've been with you for eight years now. We signed the contract in, in 1989, and we came out in 1990. We've been with you for eight years, and now you're telling us that you have our back? Where were you eight right. years ago? Yeah. Seven years ago, six years ago, five years ago. Come on. You've never had our backs, and now I have to believe that it's different now? Really? There you go. So she didn't there like it. I was calling her out on shit. I was too smart. And I've always been that, and I hate. I hope I don't sound arrogant because it's not what this is. Kind of, I'm trying to just describe to you guys what I would say to the record companies and the fact that I would speak up about stuff. She didn't like it. It's always the whistleblower that they have to get rid of, the one who calls them on their shit, and that's what I was doing. And they didn't like and, it. And as they you know, anybody, because like you know, Don is a doggy dog. What do you call it? Whatever you call it. However you say it, doggy dog, dog, dog world, world, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and sometimes you again it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You have to you have to assert yourself because if you don't stand up for yourself, who's going to do it? You know, obviously you know the That's group right. and or you got to do it for yourself. You really do. That's right. Yeah. So it would have been nice if the rest of the girls had my back. I mean, I was only ever speaking up for the group. If we weren't making money, you got this is the thing that kills me, Charles, and, and deny the fact that. I was upset in that meeting when I left Terry's room and, and they were asking me, so are you in the group or are you out? Because we, ha- we can't have any hidden agendas and blah, 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 blah. And wow. we need you to be, yeah, exactly. I was like, but Terry didn't have a hidden agenda with her solo album? Like, I don't understand why this is only me that you're talking to. Um, and I said, but if you want me to give you an answer, I, I'm saying now that I don't want to be in the group. I'm out because you guys are not holding her accountable, but you're holding me accountable. I don't understand right. that. And it, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, I lost my thought. There was something else that I was saying. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's been this way for a very long time. And, and I don't understand it. it. Ex, ex, yeah. 
No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. Like to me, and, and I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to everything you have going on. I know the book is on the horizon. Um, you know, like yeah, I said, it's just you. one of those things where I feel like you know, it, when it comes to music, entertainment, history, you have a a heavy hand in how a lot of groups were formed. Um, a lot of how groups, yeah, how you know, you. harmonized. Um, you yeah. have you have took that. Um, and, and took it up a level, and I know a lot of people out there are, are listening, and there's so many people in, in the chat room. you got to love your fan base. What I want to do, Don, if you don't mind, I'm going to play a song. Mm. I'm going to come back. There's so many people asking you about your album uh, or not album, but is there a oh single coming God. soon, um, things like that too. So I want to play a song. I want to come back. I want to get everybody kind of all logged in like they are right now because there's just so many yes. people out here who's – you know, in chat room. So I'm gonna play, set it off, and I'm gonna come back, and we gonna we gonna we gonna we gonna ask Don is, is she coming out with any kind of single any anytime soon, or what's the what's the music plan for this uh, iconic iconic young lady here? So Don Robinson on Next Legacy Radio. <laughs> that is my song. Ah! Right? Yes. I'm right. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh my god, this I think that's my favorite of my solo album. That one and um and the number four which is Get Up Again. Uh set it off just feels like a summer day. It feels like a, a long drive somewhere fun and yeah, that's my song. I love it. Thank you so much for playing that. Awesome, yeah. Just I was just grooving on the cast. Let's see the is there. A new single or a new album is coming very soon. What's going on with the music? Well, as far as the music, really, I'm really focused on my book right now because my book will lead to everything else. So the book will sell. Um, the book will, I should say, bring in money for the for the album because you got to have money to play, uh, to record, and all that stuff. So. I was like, okay, if I do my album and put that out right now, then I can get the money that I'll need to record. But then someone brought it to my attention that I should do crowdfunding and raise the money through crowdfunding and have the fans kind of help me with the album. So I was like, okay, I don't like that at all. So I started researching and, like, looking into it. And there's a lot of celebrities that I was shocked, shocked that have done crowdfunding. Um the uh, TLC has done it, De La Soul, um, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, James Franco, the actor, uh, James Franco, Kristen Bell, um, she's an actress. So she, I think she got the biggest. Hers is the biggest. Hers was, I think she asked for $2.5 million, and she ended up getting $5.7 or $5.6 or something like that million. So I was like, okay, if she can do it, I can damn do it. I'm going to do it. So. I agree, um, and, and let me say this. Yeah. And, and let me say this. Uh, set it off is is not only like a favorite. Uh, I mean, everything on that on that project was, uh, but set it off. It just makes you feel a, a certain way. Like you can, I don't care if it's raining, and if I had a drop top, I'm rolling that shit down, and I'm a blast that blast that song, and just let it be what it is. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I feel about that song. And I can put that song up, and I'm not trying to be, like, in a competitive, like, you know, whatever, but um, I can put that song up there with anything, period, and, you know, try and beat it. And that's how I feel about it. Still to this day, and that, Dawn, that was early 2000, though. Think about it. And that still, that still got juice forever. 
You know what I'm saying? Well, it, was it was 2002. I came out with that yep. in 2002. So we did, uh, yep. Lucy Pro was 99-2000. But yes, oh mm-hmm. my God, yep. wow. Wow, so you mentioned wow, you mentioned yeah, you mentioned uh, thank you and, and Don you mentioned um, a lot of you know, as far as just you know how to uh, I guess you know just you know market and and you know just you know fun projects and things like that and the, you know obviously right. we all know the business is way different than how it used to be in the nineties eighties seventies so on and so forth. So I feel like, sure. you know what, hey, listen, Don, whatever works, throw it on the wall, see what sticks. And also um, when it comes to, like, you know, like private funding, things like that too, um, you know, media, right. uh, you know, whatever media you need. Like I know, you know, Denia has their magazine. I have this station. I have, you know, a platform. Like you know, I feel like we got to give back and we got to start doing what we can for other people for the love of mm-hmm. we're not putting conditions on what we do and how we do it we just want to support yeah. people people's growth so whatever yeah, stick yeah. throw it on the wall don whatever sticks as far as that goes because people want to still see and hear everything that you have to offer because you know there's no expiration date on talent and there's no expiration date yeah, on, you know, you. putting yourself out there for your fan base. And everybody that's listening right. and, and, and loves you and loves your music and loves the contributions you made being an original member of En Vogue, they just want to see you be at your happiest, which is your music wow. and your God-given talent. Wow. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I um, I am – you have to be creative today. And with the internet and all that stuff we have, it's not going away. So why not utilize that? Nope. <clears throat> That's right. how I feel. And all the politicians that ever run for any office at all, they're the ones who get money. Get money. They do lobbying and stuff like that, but they get money from outside sources. So I'm like, okay, you know what? It's not like I'm buying a new pair of Louboutins or want a wardrobe or want to redo my house or something. I'm building my career back up. So asking exactly. fans for money it's um i think it's a labor of love that they're going to want to be involved in as well like you said they want to see me win so i am not ashamed of that i I really feel like it's there for a reason that's why it exists you know listen if i want to buy don robinson stock i'm i'm all in to buy let's do it you know what i'm saying that's really what it is exactly what it is at the end of the day yes that's right don robinson stock wow i like that there are different platforms like I didn't Patreon. Hear you Patreon is, is a, a platform that would be great for that kind of stuff. Patreon is a, a platform where you're able to have people um, have like membership. She, she's talking about Patreon, Don. Um, I haven't tapped into that Patreon, yet, but okay. I know that's 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 a uh, that's a that's a thing for a lot of podcast people, um, stuff like that or whatnot. But you know, I know there's so many different avenues as far as music marketing. Uh, you know, marketing, yeah. as far as podcasts, different shows, stuff like that. But, to, Don, to your point, you're absolutely right when it comes to, uh, you know, just making sure that you find different ways. But these ways have got to be organic. It can't be, like, you know, favor for a favor type of thing. Like, you know, that's why, right. you know, Denia, myself, and other people out there, and, there, and there's so many people, like, in, in different rooms are saying, like, you know what, hey, where can I give? Cause I want to. I just want to hear. A new, I just want to hear a new Don single. That's David. all I want in life. Yeah, oh, that's so. Exactly. That's so cool, and though. And and, and to me, I think lot. especially they nowadays, with and Don with nowadays with uh you know the internet and promoting 
putting things out there and just making sure that you have a, you know, team that's really, you know, pro growth and, you know, not saying that people don't want money at the end of the day because, you know, there's managers that still take 10 off the top, but, or, or more, yeah. but, you know, in general, people just want to see growth and do it in a way where, yeah. you know, they do it for the love of and not just because, you know, it's dawn. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. it's got to yeah. be deeper than exactly. that. So that's why being careful with making sure that everybody kind of puts their, you know, their stamp on certain things, you got to be really cautious and careful and just, you know, see, because you just don't know because yep. there is a lot of shady people online too and in person. Just saying. Yeah, but if you go through it, if you go through a platform like crowd, uh, crowdfunding platform, you're going to be, they're overseeing the whole thing. So you're not going to get. No doubt personal people coming to me saying, hey, I got 10 bucks going. You know what I mean? It's not like that. <laughs> right. Platform. Um, so, so it's protected, and I feel comfortable with that. Um, Good. But I think it's, you know, to me, like I said, it's a labor of love that the fans are going to want to be down with, and I, I just feel good about it. I feel like it's okay. It's politically correct for me to ask them to help participate. And they're not, it's not, it's, they get something for it. You know, I have all my... Um, all of my, what do you call them, uh, my perks. So, you know, they get yeah. a free book, um, depending on how much they give, because not everybody, so the more you give, the more you get. And, uh, right. the, you know, their name on my album, a photo of them on my album for putting in a certain amount of money or a two-hour phone call with me if they give a $1,000 or 100000 different perks give different things. Yeah, it's the way it's of the really world, cool. and it's, you know. And you mentioned TLC and other other artists who who actually. And and to me, I think this is the only way because it's not a record label pushing your project out and you selling CDs or records from back in the day. Right. If you want to go back deeper, you right. know, cassettes, eight tracks, not. But you know, it's way different. It's way different. Right. And I didn't and, want to go back think, to the majors. I've been there, done that. I've been there with the majors before, so I didn't feel like going back to do that made sense to me. It's like, why go back to what you've already done? You know the outcome of that. I've already been there twice with major labels, with Raphael and with uh, right. Lucy, Pearl, Lucy Pearl and Info. So I just didn't feel like, you know, A&R people telling me what song I should choose as a first single, take the take the drums out of this song, take the guitar, it's too much guitar. Like they told us for free your mind, it's too much guitar. It's a rock song, people. It's a rock song. I mean, come on. Stuff like that is just stuck on stupid. And I just don't feel like I want to go through that route again. So, you know. No doubt. No um, doubt. Yeah, man. I'm excited about this. I think the fans are going to be really happy with it. I have Jerry Jerry in the tra- chat room from uh, Nebraska wants to know, um, is there any, what was one of the huge highlights that you had in your early career? Can you name at least two? At least two. One of the highlights in the early career was hearing my song, our song on the radio for the first time. That was a highlight that I will never forget. It was 6 a.m. And my stepdad had gone to work already. <clears throat> he had to be there at 5. Um, and then he called my mom, and she was getting ready for work, and she woke me up, and I thought the house was burning down or something had happened. I was in a deep sleep. And it was because our our song was on the radio, and I jumped up and turned on the stereo and started screaming, and um, that was one of the highlights. And then another highlight was, 
doing Sesame Street, believe it or not. We did Sesame Street. And we were like little girls when we walked in to see, oh, my God, like, what's his name? Um, Count Dracula was laying on the table. And Mm -hmm. Elmo and, you know what I mean, and Big Bird. and, uh, And then all of a sudden when the puppeteers put their hand in the puppet, they came to life like real. And I was just like, oh, my, you know, you felt like you were six years old, literally. Um, it took nice. us back to our childhoods. It was amazing. So it was magic. I mean, we've been seeing those characters all our lives, and all of a sudden it was sad to see them on the table because I'm like, okay, they're just puppets. No, no, no. No, they are not. They are so real. It was like that. Big Bert and Ernie, like, come on. They were just laying right there, and then, bam, they were alive. So that was another highlight, and um, there's a few, like even um, our album getting charted and, and seeing ourselves on the charts for the first time, there's a few po- poignant uh, moments in our life, in our careers that I can go back through, but a lot of that, again, is going to be in my album, um, in my book, <laughs> to cover mm-hmm. it all, you know. Larry, Larry from from okay from where I'm, my neck of the woods, Oakland, Oakland, California wants to know when oh, it comes to what? Ah! There you go. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to uh, groups, music groups, is it, it? We don't see it as often as we used to in the '90s. Will we ever see that again? Will we ever see what? I'm sorry. What was he asking? Music, music groups, you know, like another In Vogue or New Edition or Jackson 5, for that matter. You know what? Everything goes around and comes right back. So I would say yes. I mean, I'm developing. I would like to develop once I'm once my career is back on on track again, and I'm excuse me financially in a place where I can afford to do this different things. I want to come out with a girl group called Glam. And I want Glam to be able to sing like in Vogue, comedy-wise. I want them to be able to dress like LaBelle, because LaBelle, to me, had, like, incredible... They were wearing Glam outfits. Glam was a big deal in the 70s. It was a punk scene. And so they were wearing Glam, like Kiss. They were dressing like a male group. And we didn't care as black people. We accepted them just as is. We loved it. Um and then I want them to be able to play instruments like Climax, you know. So I want that girl group to be to encompass all of that and have their own thing. So yeah, girl groups groups will come around again. That's what goes around comes right back. Sarah G from Tennessee wants to know: Have you had any situations during your uh, your touring days that you've in, encountered male groupies? Um. No, not really. We were so protected um, as girls. I didn't have that with In Vogue, but when I was in Lucy Pearl, I had more females coming on to me than ever. I could not, at any time, than any guy had ever come on to me um, for In Vogue. Can you believe that was crazy? Like, I couldn't believe it. Raphael used to tell me all the time, Dawn, do not come downstairs. After the show was over, we would go back to the hotel, change our clothes, and go back down to the lobby to go either eat in the in the in the restaurant in the lobby, or we would leave and go find the local food. You know, um, sometimes it was too late and everything would be closed. So he's like, "Dawn, please don't come downstairs until you know that I'm gone." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Every time I pick up a girl in a different city, she wants to get with you." Oh, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> First of all, what kind of chick do you pick up? And 
I am not interested, so I'm not going to sit in my room and wait for you to call me and tell me that you're gone from the hotel. I'm not doing it. That's on you. But, yeah, I had more groupies with, oh and, with Lucy Pearl than I did with Invoke. Because we had security around the whole time. We were always protected. No, no doubt. And I and I got to shout you out, too, because I know Lucy Pearl was a, another extension of your your talent and who you were as far as your creativity. And I know you put together, you know, that group was put together. And it just, you know, it had so much flavor. And it was so, it was different than Invoke. 